Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. <clears throat> we were singing that last song, or one of them, I don't know, about opening the eyes of our hearts. And I was reminded how, you know, the openings and the things that we want and the things that we think we need and the things that we think God should be doing are ultimately in his hands and in his timing and in his plan. And really it's in his ability. And I want to just talk for a few minutes about prayer because we're praying for the opening of God. We're praying for the opening, for the kingdom of God to manifest. We're praying for an opening, for God to do something that we think he ought to be doing or for him to move in a certain area. And I, I, was, I was thinking about, I, I love sports analogies, I love sports, and, and I was reminded of, you know, a lot of the great people that get recognition in sports, especially in the sport of football, don't do a lot of the hard work because we, how many know in your fantasy football, you know, you're picking running backs, you're picking receivers, but these guys are protected by this front wall of big guys that are blocking for them. Somebody say amen. And this is a picture of prayer, okay? This is the hard work that's done on the front end, okay, so that there's an opening so that that runner can break through that hole and out into victory, okay? But if there's no hole, how many know that it doesn't matter how good he is or how fast he is, he's going to get swallowed up by those guys that are after him. And if we don't pray, <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, I'm preaching to me, if we're not going to pray, we are opening ourselves up to what the enemy wants to do right at the beginning. But when we pray, Paul said in his ministry to the church, he said, I want you to pray for me. He was talking to Christians now. They're not apostles. He's talking to the church. He says, guys, listen, I want you to pray for me that a door would be open so that I might share the word of God. He knew, despite his apostleship, Despite his anointing by God uh, and God's calling upon his life, despite the word of God itself, he knew that God had to open a door for that word to go through. He knew that if God didn't open the door and the spirit didn't make a way, that that word would have little effect. Peter said himself that we have preached the gospel to you under the authority and the anointing of the spirit. So it's ultimately God that takes his own word and opens it up. Amen. Open, somebody say, open the eyes of my heart. You know, how many, can you imagine, uh, in, in, in a, I want you to just think for a moment of a, of a very difficult situation that you've been in in the past week or two, okay? Everybody, you got it? We'll do a little think and then, yeah. Right? Now, I want you to think about in that situation, how did you respond in that situation, whatever it might be? It might have been great, small, whatever. Now, I want you to also think about in that situation, if at that moment of that opposition or that trial, that you could see the Lord Jesus high and lifted up as he truly is. Amen? 
If you could see Jesus, if you had that picture of him, that revelation of him in your spirit, in that moment, how you may have responded differently. Amen? And I I just want to talk for a few minutes about first steps and that that first step needs to be prayer. That the first place we need to go is to God in prayer in every situation. You know, in baseball, and I'm going to go back again to analogies. We're in spring training now, right, guys? Amen. Where You know, it's so difficult to teach sometimes the first step. And very often when you're training batters, their first step is here because their first step is fear. And they want to step away from the ball coming at them. And they want to step away from that intimidating pitcher up there. And it's difficult sometimes. And the first step makes all the difference in the world. If you could train a batter to do the first, or excuse me, the right thing first, it'll change everything else about the outcome of that sporting situation. And God wants to show us that the first step in our life needs to be a turn to him in prayer. I want you to go back to that situation. Remember that situation I made you think of? Imagine in that situation, if your first turn, if your first step was to God in prayer, you may have been in a social situation and you couldn't do it publicly, but you just had to turn inward and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to pause for a moment and I'm going to remember that you're with me. I'm just going to pause for a moment. You might have had to pray in the spirit under your breath for a minute. I'm not going to slap him, Lord. I'm not going to slap him. No, nope, I'm not going to take my finger. I'm not going to tell him off. I'm just going to pray in whatever it was, right? When we react to turn in to God, to turn to God, and listen, our first steps are trained trained the wrong way in many in many in many for many of us our first steps are usually trained the wrong way are you with me how do we usually respond it's trained it's trained we we normally respond in a certain way and how many know we need retraining and you know that god says i will retrain you isn't that good news today You say, but I'm not trained all the way. God says, that's okay. I'm going to train you. I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to continue to encourage you to pray. I'm going to continue to show show you the way back to me. I'm going to continue to show you that I need to be the first step in your life. I'm not giving up on you. I want to train you. Jesus said of his disciples in uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 40, that a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. How many want to be like Jesus, right? Amen? How many know your training isn't over yet? (laughs) You need to be perfectly trained. You and I need to be perfectly trained. And God has given us the opportunity to follow him and to be trained by him and to become disciplined according to his ways. And the first step in that um, life of discipline is to learn to turn to God continually in prayer in every situation. I just want to talk for a minute about Nehemiah's situation in the book of Nehemiah. How many of you know that Nehemiah found himself uh, in a great situation, but in a difficult situation? He was, he looked, the Bible says, back to Jerusalem. And how many know the Bible says that the walls were torn down and that the gates were burned? Amen. And if you want, why don't we go there together? Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 1. You might have a hard time finding it. It's after, I'll give you a little guide. It's after Chronicles, and it's before Psalms. 
It's after Chronicles and before Psalms. And you're on your own after that. <laughs> right after, thanks. Yeah, right after Ezra. Amen. If you find Ezra, you're close. It's, it's smushed between Ezra and Esther. We're getting closer now. We're, if you're there, say amen. Yeah, that wasn't enough. Amen. That's all right. Chapter 1, Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, came to pass in the month of Shislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. I didn't, I didn't put the stress correctly there. I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, comma, and concerning Jerusalem. So he's basically saying, listen, I want to know the state or the conditions of the survivors and of their surroundings. Now raise your hand if you're a survivor today, amen? Has God saved you? Has he delivered you? Come on, Wendy, say amen. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we're, God has saved us and delivered us from the hand of the enemy. We fit into that category but how many know that God still is interested? What's the condition of my people? What's the condition of these survivors? Where are they at? How are they doing? What's going on in their lives? You know, let me know in this situation, the Bible says that, well, let me read on. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are in great distress. Say great distress. And reproach. Say reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. Say broken down. And its gates are burned with fire. Last one, say burned with fire. So to me, this really fits every, maybe not every, but many areas of human suffering. You know, he says, listen, God, some of your people, or listen, Nehemiah, some of the people are in distress. And this is a picture of people who are just, Man, they're just stressed out with what life is throwing at them. There are other people that are in reproach. How many know the assumption there is that other people are harassing them? This group of people are being harassed by other people. These people are being maybe persecuted. Or, or, or other people are, are giving them a hard time. And then there are some people, the Bible says, that are broken down. They're, there's an area of their, of their life that's, that's just broken, that they've had a, a difficult time getting over. There has not come that healing yet in their life there. And then finally, the Bible says that the gates, some of the gates are burned with fire. Some people's lives are, are in such a mess that the enemy could just come, walk in and out and do as he pleases. And the first thing, that Nehemiah decides to do is in verse 4. And so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and I mourned for many days. I was fasting and I was praying before the Lord God of heaven. So 
what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about the stress that we feel? We're going to pray. What are we going to do about that broken area in our life? We're going to turn to God and we're going to pray. What are we going to do when people are persecuting us and harassing us? We're going to turn and we're going to pray. What are we going to do when it seems like all hope is lost and the whole thing's burnt up? It's gone. We are going to turn to God and we are going to pray and we're going to cry out to him in faith. God wants to fix that first step of training. God says when you come across the stress in your life, every time there's a stressor that comes into your life, you have a, 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 a quick knee-jerk reaction. You turn this way. You turn that way. And you often turn to yourself. But God says when that stress comes in your life, when that brokenness comes in your life, I want you to turn to me. Hallelujah. Just as you turn that first day in repentance to me, I want you to learn to continually turn to me. I want you to learn a new first step. God says, I want to turn at the plate. You've had your turn. You've tried to do everything you can do. You've tried your own strength. You've tried your own ways. You've tried your own wisdom. You've turned to other people. But God says, I want you to give me a turn now. It's my turn to work in that situation. It's my turn to show my strength and my power in that situation, which is beyond what you could do in your strength and in your power in that situation. I want to turn. You see, God is like that player sitting on the bench of that team, just watching his team lose the game. And he's sitting there with this great ability. And he's saying, listen, I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to intrude. Coach, I don't want to, you know, take your free will out of the game because I gave it to you on day one. You got your free will. But I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting on the bench, and it's getting warm, and I'm waiting for you to turn to me and say, hey, God, will you please step into this situation because I've done all I can do, and we're still losing the game. And at that moment, God says, I'm ready and I'm willing and I'm going to step in and I'm going to show you how to play this game and I'm going to strut my stuff where you can't strut yours. Amen. Hallelujah. God says, I am the key player in this walk of faith. I am the key player to your victory in this Christian life. Turn to me in prayer. Don't turn to yourself. Turn to me for advice. Don't give too much uh, credence to your friends. Turn to me, turn to me, turn to me. <clears throat> Nehemiah found himself in a, in a situation where the walls had been burned down. The, the, the kingdom, Jerusalem, this was the place where God dwelt. This is a picture of our lives the temple of God, the place of God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And listen, God is in the business of rebuilding us. God is in the building, business of building his kingdom. But the business of building and the business of personal rebuilding is the business of prayer. I'm going to say that again. Say, God, you saved me. I know you're real. 
I know it's undeniable, your hand upon my life. It's undeniable, your hand upon history. The resurrection of Jesus is so real to me. His death, burial, and resurrection, the effect that I see upon history, the effect that I see upon my life, the truth that I know is there. And God, I want to be a person that's involved in the kingdom of God because I know that he is a son of a great king and that he is building a kingdom and that that kingdom is coming to the earth and I want to be involved and God says great I want you to learn to pray because I'm building my kingdom and I'm dealing with opposition from another kingdom that you can't see and the way to victory in this kingdom battle is through prayer because I'm going to open a door and I'm going to begin to move things and do things that are effective somebody say effective See, there's things that we can do that we can just do. And then there's things that we can do that are effective. Amen? Come on. How many of you know that pe- we go to people in the world that's, that are effective? It's like, okay, there's many different people in certain professions, but I want to go to the person that's effective. And God says, listen, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what does it do? It avails much. God says, listen, this is going to work. When you turn to me, and I just, I guess I want to just have one more scripture. It's all the way um, in 1 John 5. I'll read it to you. You can go there. In 1 John 5, 14. Well, I went too fast. I'm sorry. Don't go there yet. I got ahead of myself. As Nehemiah was praying, Mark, is it after Ezra or <laughs> it's after Ezra? As Nehemiah was praying, listen. He did, I just for, principle, for teaching and principal purposes. We don't get off exhorting. We don't learn anything. Listen. He turned back to God in prayer with fasting and prayer. That was step one. Verse five, and I'm going to go kind of, well, this is just a survey here. Verse five, he told God, listen, awesome God, I'm turning to you and I'm praying to you on the basis of your covenant. So say, number one, turn to God. Number two, remember the covenant. Nehemiah said, I'm coming to you, God, because I've got a covenant with you. I'm not just coming casually. He's coming on the basis of covenant. And then number three, in verse six, he repented. He said, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants. And listen, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. Notice he included himself in there. You know that it's okay to repent for people that have gone before you? So he said, listen, the first thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to repent. Well, wait a minute. I, I go to church. I don't need to repent. Listen, there's areas that we need to repent for. And number one is pride. I was listening to Brother Tim Keller, and he talked about the when we don't pray, we're in pride. You know why? Because we're saying, God, I got this. I, I don't need you to handle this. I, I, let me just, I'm, I'm good. We don't need to pray about this. We don't need to pray much. I'm, I'm good. It's pride. We need to repent, right? And then listen, I just want to jump to verse 8. <clears throat> Remember, I pray the word. Say that with me. Remember, I pray the word. 
that you command, you don't have to say this now, that you commanded your servant Moses saying if you're unfaithful, so on and so forth. Listen, he says, remember, Lord, I'm praying according to the word. And his prayer was according to a promise that Moses made. It was according to the book of the law. There's a lot of people that pray. But God says, when you turn to me in prayer, I want you to pray according to knowledge. I want you to pray according to my word because then you're going to get results. And now I want you to jump to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And in verse 14. And I love this. This is a promise of confidence. Now, this is the confidence. Somebody say confidence. Amen. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, that's a mighty promise, but it hinges upon a conditional. If we pray according to his, his will. Yeah, yeah. So we're praying. Nehemiah says, God, I pray the word. I'm not coming according to my emotions, but I'm coming on the basis of what you have said, of the revelation of your word. And John says, listen, when you do that, he hears us. Isn't that good news? We need to know that when we pray, God hears us. It's not just this, uh, you know, um, when I assign homework to the students in my class, I try not to give them just busy work. You know what I mean? Because after all, you ought to be doing some homework tonight. Go home and do this busy work, you know. How many know prayer is not busy work for God? It's meaningful. It's effective. God says, listen, when you pray, I hear you. And I want to answer you. And I believe that God wants to answer us in our distress. And I believe that God wants to answer us in our reproach. And I believe God wants to answer us when we're feeling broken and when we're feeling like we're ready to give up. And in all the things we face, God says, I want you to continually turn to me in prayer. And when we do that, we're going to start to see God rebuilding us personally. God's going to start rebuilding our personal life. We're going to see God begin to build his kingdom, amen, as we turn to him first in prayer. We're going to see God, as we turn to him in prayer, open up doors that we couldn't open. We're going to see God begin, as we pray, um, open the eyes of our heart so that we get a greater revelation of the presence and the risen reality of Jesus in every situation so that we know that as we're walking along the earth, listen, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That assurance comes. We, we, we spark that pilot light in prayer. Hallelujah. That pilot light's got to be sparked so that that flame can begin to broil. And so that flame can just get to run along those. And listen, we walk around with the assurance of that. See, I've come to God. I've put it in his hands. I've sparked that uh, pilot light. So I know now, listen, that I can turn, that I've turned to God and I can trust that the flame of his love, that the presence of his spirit is going to be with me in Jesus. 
Jesus' name. And I'll close with this. Listen. David said in Psalm 112 that he's not going to be afraid of evil tidings. Remember we talked about first steps, and very often I've had to identify this in my own life. The first step for so many, it's fear. Fear, when something happens, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this? Oh my gosh, how am I, it's the oh no factor. I heard Brother Jesse Duplantis say one time. We, our first step is that, that fear hits us, and how am I going to handle this? Instead of God, how are we going to handle this? How are you going to handle this? And the Bible says in Psalm 112, David said, I'm not going to fear evil tidings. Psalm 112, verse 7. He will not be afraid, talking about a righteous man or woman. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Watch this. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He'll not be afraid. An alternate translation for steadfast is set. When we turn to God in prayer, listen, when I set the temperature on my thermostat, it doesn't come up immediately. But you know what? When I set it, I'm pretty confident that within about a half hour, that heat's going to be on. And God says, I want you to just set your heart in my direction. I want you to turn to me in prayer. I want you to set your heart in the right direction toward me. And you could be confident that the heat is coming on. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to, to in those moments, God, just to, we've been, we've been poorly trained. I've been poorly trained, Father. To, we've been trained to depend upon ourselves. Father, I pray that we would become disciples of Jesus Christ, Lord. People that, that are walking after you, Lord, that are putting our trust in you, God, and that are regularly turning to you, Father, in prayer in everything. Prayer in everything, Father. Help us, God. Lord, we humble ourselves and we say, God, uh, and I just feel like um, I don't want to repent for you, but God, I pray you'd forgive me for depending upon myself, Lord, in in the situations that I'm facing, Father. I pray, God, that you'd you'd give us the strength and the the unction to, to depend upon you, Father, and not upon ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.